that time, the sports talker. Here's TJ Walker. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Sports Soccer here on 1450, the Sports Buzz. I hope everybody listening had a nice, long 4th of July weekend filled with friends and family and hopefully a lot of food, plenty of fireworks. I know mine did. Got it kicked off on Thursday doing this uh, doing this very program poolside. That was a, a goofy and fun show, and I'm glad everybody is back to listen this Monday a lot to talk about, a lot that happened over the weekend. Not a ton of stuff from a sport, from actual game live action. There were some summer league games that we could talk about that, that of course, happened Thursday and, and later into the weekend. There was plenty of World Cup soccer. We'll talk a little bit about that. The World Cup is winding down. We're down to the final four. I was, let's see, I'm trying to think of what predictions I was right about. I was right about Brazil. I was right about Germany. I was right about the Netherlands and incorrect about Argentina. Thought Belgium would pull up the upset, and they didn't. They didn't. It looked a lot better against the United States than they did against Argentina, Belgium did. But I think that probably speaks to the level of competition for the United States versus uh, just how good Argentina is. Anyways, got a fun show for you. Aaron Smith is going to hop on, uh, my co-worker for Rivals.com. He'll be on around 3.20. It's uh, summer starting to get to that point where it's basically a very slow waiting game for college football to start. Once the World Cup's over, this is going to hit full swing. Of course, once fall camp, once football fall camp opens up in August, that will produce more news. There's some, a lot of uh, fun and exciting basketball recruiting events coming up that's, that will certainly keep me busy in the next few weeks. But uh, you're, you're going to start getting to the summer grind where there's uh, less and less to talk about, less and less to pop up. But there's always, there's always plenty. You, you can always find things to talk about in this NBA free agency the longer this goes on with some of these big names being undecided, uh, that gives you plenty to talk about. And more and more, I think I talked about on Thursday how you weren't hearing a ton about LeBron. You were hearing more about Carmelo. Well, since since then, that has changed. And, and you have certainly heard a lot more about LeBron. He's been taking the headlines all weekend. Now it seems maybe possibly more likely possibly more likely he could end up in Cleveland. That seems like a, 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 there's a chance that could be a realistic destination for him. This is interesting though. It, it's interesting what's going on with the heat and what's going on with LeBron James, because the heat can't really talk to Dwayne Wade or Chris Bosch until they know, obviously uh, until they know what LeBron James is going to do. Now they uh, they I think the Heat are going to be willing to offer him as uh, yeah I don't know if they're offering a max contract but they're they're obviously going to make sure he's the highest paid player which like we talked about last week he has never been the highest paid player on any of his teams which is kind of unbelievable to think about but that would that would not have you know in Cleveland and in Miami he'd be the highest player on his team anywhere he goes that's going to change it's just where can he get the most money. And he can get the longest deal by re-signing with Miami, if I understand NBA free agency correctly. But 
the Heat can't start to rebuild until they know what he's going to do. They can't re-sign Chris Bosh because they don't know what kind of money they're going to need to offer him. They can't renegotiate Dwayne Wade's contract. And I think Wade will end up in Miami regardless of what happens. I think he is the equivalent to Miami Heat basketball, to what Michael Jordan was to Chicago Bulls basketball on a smaller degree, but almost equally, uh, not equally impressive, but pretty impressive to be, be able to help bring championships to a place that just does not care about NBA basketball. So while they are, while the Heat are slow playing these other players to wait for LeBron, these other players are hearing from other teams and supposedly the Houston Rockets are willing to, uh, to offer Chris Bosh a max contract and, if Chris Bosch leaves, then the dominoes start to fall in this whole thing. I, I no, but this is something I haven't heard people talk about, but I think that could be a blessing in disguise for Miami. If you get Chris Bosch to leave, that opens up a lot of money in South beach. And of course, Chris Bosch and LeBron James are close, but that offers up a lot of money in South beach. And maybe then you tell LeBron, Hey, we're going to give you as much money as we can. And then, then, Let's talk about who you want to bring in because we've got a lot of money to play around with. We already got your point guard, Shabazz Napier, who you wanted or talked about wanting. I still think that was kind of an overreaction for them to draft him when they did. He's been decent in summer league, has had some good games, had some bad games, uh, high-volume shooter, which certainly wouldn't be the case if he does play with LeBron James in Miami and some of those other guys. But I think it could be a blessing in disguise if Chris Bosh were to leave and maybe sign with the Rockets, which if you went to the Rockets, that that's that's why NBA free agency is so fun. There's a ton of what-ifs, and in each what-if situation, it creates this whole new, all these new possibilities of what can happen, which team could be the favorite in certain conferences. So I, I look forward to seeing how this plays out. And one name that you haven't heard who kind of started off this whole thing is Kevin Love, which is funny to me because he, uh, maybe a month ago, and he's not a free agent at this time, but he wants out of Minnesota. Nobody's really talking about him anymore. But if he gets traded, he can be a big piece somewhere. If he doesn't, he's going to have to wait till after this year and do the free agency stuff. But ultimately, I don't think he ends up in Minnesota for the duration of this year. So that's another big name. Now, he's pushed back. Carmelo hasn't been talked as much still getting overplayed. Where does he end up? It looks like the Lakers could be a realistic possibility along with going back to New York. So NBA free agency is, is a lot of fun stuff, a lot of fun news. We'll have to see how that all plays out. Eric Bledsoe has been talked about. Uh, there's some teams that want to offer him a, a ton of money. We obviously talked about Jody Meeks cashing in on a nice little payday in Detroit. So it also kind of has a ripple-down effect to the U.K. guys. And we're going to talk plenty of U.K. today, especially when Aaron Smith comes on. They're, Kentucky is, is looking to switch things up. We all know the BBN First initiative that they took that really got hammered on social media. Uh, a lot of people just said they were copying Louisville's L1C4, which is a terrible hashtag to begin with. Kentucky should have went in the opposite direction because now they're, they're lumped into that as well. But the BBN First initiative, now they're, they're wanting to hear back from UK fans on what they want at Commonwealth Stadium. They're looking for some Commonwealth traditions. 
here's kind of the thing with traditions. Traditions just happen. They become traditions. You can't force traditions upon UK fans. And, and what they're wanting to do is they're looking to tweak some of Kentucky's traditions and, and maybe making them more memorable. Uh, for example, what to yell after the ball is kicked in football. UK fans do a CATS chant. Uh, it generally depends. If they're down a lot, you don't really hear it. Uh, they're, they're thinking about switching that up, maybe saying go big blue instead. And that's, that's not going to help the game day atmosphere in Kentucky. Those are small things. Uh, so we'll talk with Aaron Smith about that. They're asking for feedback and suggestion that they can experiment with at Commonwealth Stadium for football games. So we'll talk, we'll talk with Aaron about those things. What, what do we like about game days at Commonwealth Stadium? What do we not like? Basically, the, the easiest problem about this and Yates, what, what what were you typing into the Skype machine there? Well, you talked about how they're they're looking for suggestions and they're trying to create tradition. And you mentioned something that the fans already do after the ball is kicked off, but they want to change that. So my question well, I, is, how, how does changing something that is already established create tradition? Why why would you not embrace that and try to make that the tradition? That was kind of my that was my main point is that you can't really create traditions like that. But I think what they're trying to do is tweak these little things to maybe try to make them more popular throughout the fan base, where everybody's on board. It's something that you kind of look forward to. They do this thing after third downs at UK, and again, I'll talk more about this with Aaron. But after Kentucky gets a stop on third down, the band plays. I don't know what song it is. It's. It's a very uh, ominous, dark song, and uh, everybody in the student section brings their hand down, and it looks they kind of make your hand look like a claw, and you bring your hand down to the beat of the what the band's playing to make it kind of seem like a, a wildcat claw is coming down on the opponents. UK forced um, a fourth down which again, in the past few years, it's so, unfortunately, it's just so easy to make jokes about UK's performance on the field the past two years. But after, a t after Kentucky would force the team to punt, and even if they didn't punt, even if they went up for it on fourth down, and a lot of times they'd get it, which would make kind of the whole thing embarrassing, UK fans would do that. That didn't catch on. They wanted the whole stadium to do it. They thought getting it in the middle of the student section would work. It didn't even really catch on between students. But, yeah, it's to your, your overall point, I agree. The, the, you can't create a tradition. It has to happen. What I think they're trying to do is find, kind of kind of tune up some of these traditions that haven't caught on all the way and, and seeing if there's something they can do to make them catch on more. Uh, but I, I agree with you, and, and I don't think saying go big blue after kickoff will be different than the CATS chant going. But what do we what do we like about game days at Commonwealth Stadium? It's it's very it does have a very family friendly environment, and that's what I'm sure a ton of people like. But I think at the end of the day, it it, it comes down to it just winning, having a good product on the field. You go back, and, and this is going to be the year I'm always going to talk about because I was there for every home game. Uh, it, it was probably the most exciting time for UK football since I've been alive. The 2007 season, that's when Commonwealth Stadium was absolutely packed. That's when people were participating in all the chants, looking for even more. If they would have done this this year, then maybe this stuff 
holds weight a lot better. But that's what ultimately, if you were, if you're looking for a better game day atmosphere, if you're looking for more traditions, have a winning tradition and let that winning tradition guide the way for the rest of uh, of the experience. And that's easily uh, that's you know much easier said than done. But that's where it starts with all this. And I get that they're trying to. You, you can't have. You can't go back down on your attendance numbers. I think UK was maybe second in the country in improved attendance, which is impressive. That's that's a really good mark for for Stoops in his first year to be able to do that. Because in the last year, Joker Phillips, I've never seen anything like that in any college sport that has had some success in the past. But that was absolutely depressing to go into Commonwealth Stadium and realistically see maybe 10,000 fans. And the numbers would always be inflated. To lose to Vanderbilt 40 to nothing in front of just the smallest crowd that I've ever seen at Commonwealth Stadium, that was unbelievable. And every in, in this area, it's all about Kentucky, and it's all about Louisville. And Kentucky basketball has had their down years. Louisville football has had their down years with, with bad attendance as well. And Louisville basketball has had down years. But you ne- would have never went into Freedom Hall during the end of Denny Crum's years and, and seen a couple thousand fans. You'd see, I, I, and I, my dad, again, I don't remember that because that's when I was too young to really understand what was going on. And I, I've been told about smaller crowds, but still, you wouldn't see that. So the, the way to improve atmosphere at Commonwealth Stadium is to start winning. And that's why... You saw that spring game crowd two years ago at 50,000. It's because people were ready to win. Kentucky hadn't lost at that time. Joker was gone. There was a new coach in. People were excited. That's how you're going to get people to games is being excited to see the product on the field. And I think Stoops is moving in the right direction there. But all this in-game stuff, how to make it better, that's small stuff that maybe. I don't think you're going to be able to sell season tickets if you do the Cats chant after kickoff versus Big Blue. Go Big Blue. That's not the important stuff. The important stuff is building a winner on the field. And I think they're moving in the right direction. But again, we'll talk more with Aaron Smith about all this. Clayby116 texting to the show, meaning uh, he, I guess he was talking about the, the Wildcat clamp down after getting a stop on third down. He says... You mean the band and about 5% of the crowd does that. I, I'm saying it didn't catch on. Uh, I'm saying that. But I bet if you're playing Tennessee at Commonwealth Stadium, second to last game of the year, is now that Louisville's last game of the year, and you're sitting at 5-5 five and five on the year, and you get a stop, Crowd's going crazy, and the crowd's excited. They'll buy into that because they're just looking to do anything. So, some changes will come to Commonwealth Stadium. I feel like they've taken a step in the right direction. The video board is much improved. The ribbon board around the stadium makes it start to look like a a facility that isn't the oldest in the SEC, which is the exact opposite because Commonwealth Stadium is the newest in the SEC. But for somebody that's been around the league – you would never be able to tell that. You'd never be able to tell. 
Now, Kentucky's doing a lot bigger renovations than just the video board, than just the ribbon board. And I think by the start of the 2015 season, you're going to have a stadium that looks great, and that's going to help towards the environment. But in terms of what you do during the game, I don't think is as important. So we'll talk more about that as the show goes on. I, wanted to, I, I finally created my fantasy football league today, which has me excited. It's, it's, uh, this will be the 10th year that me and this core group of people that have done it. We have had 22 people in the league over the last 10 years that have come and gone. But we do have a, a main core group of about seven that have been in there for for the dur- duration. Some other names that, that were in the league that you might have known is, is Will Stein spent two years in the league. And Victor Anderson spent a year in the league. Uh, Chase Carrero, a local Louisville guy, went to Denver, played lacrosse, went to a lot of lacrosse. Uh, I think they went to the Final Four at Denver now plays professionally in Columbus. So this this is a big name league, Yates. There's a lot of there's a lot of star power in this league. I mean not anymore. The people these people get in the league realize how big a losers we that are kind of staples in the league are and they try to get out. Don't sell but yourself it, short. There's still star power. The sports talkers in the league. It, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's got some firepower in this league. Sports soccer is in the league. That's that's very exciting. And there's a lot more people. It's funny being able to watch this league as, as we've all grown up, the main people that have been in it and where we are versus where this league started. Now we're not playing for $10 anymore like when we started, playing for a little bit more. And there's fathers in this league. There's people that are married in this league. It's weird, Yates. It's weird growing up, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's very weird growing up. But I was excited to be able to start it today. It's a keeper league. I'm going to talk a lot of fantasy football on this show going forward. It's more, probably more so than Game of Thrones. I don't think I'll have just a fantasy football segment once a week, but I think I'll talk a little bit about it multiple times during the week. So start of the league up today. It's a keeper league. I do want to talk about fun fantasy football styles and, and gameplay options, keepers and. Uh, the, there, there's plenty of different games that are out there. The, the salary cap one, I've never actually played that, but I've heard a ton of good things about it. And it might be something I'm interested in trying this year. But this league that I'm in, the main league that I'm in, I usually get in two or three a year. I hate getting in any, anything more than two. I really hate. If I do a third, I can manage it. And I've, I've been, I think anybody that has been playing fantasy football for a long time has eventually been stuck in a fourth or maybe more leagues. And that's just hell. That's the worst thing in the world, having to keep up with all that. So we'll, we'll talk more fantasy football. And I want to get people's opinions on different leagues they like, what has worked, what hasn't worked, especially with keeper leagues, because uh, there's talks in our league that, that they want some changes to the keepers. So we'll talk more about that. But when we come back, here on the Sports Soccer, we're going to talk to Aaron Smith. We're going to talk UK football, a little UK basketball, a little of this, a little of that. So stick around here on 1450 of the Sports Buzz. We'll be right back.
Now, back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. And we're back here, second segment, 1450 The Sports Buzz. Let's waste no time in bringing on our guest. It's a guest, if you listen to the show, that you're very familiar with, and you should be following him on Twitter, at Rivals. You should follow his work at catsillustrated.com while you still can. Aaron, how are you, buddy? Hey, Jay, I'm all right. I, I really appreciate those uh, the generous referrals there and uh, still kind of coming off a very patriotic weekend. Still as American today as I was on Friday, so everything is good. Good, good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I think you, of all people, know how much I, I enjoy being an American and celebrating holidays such as the 4th of July. Uh, I had a good weekend. What what'd you do over the long weekend, over this little three-day stretch? It was pretty typical 4th of July festivities. You know, I had some uh, cookouts, went and watched the fireworks over downtown Lexington um, that night, and uh, just basically doing a whole lot of nothing. So it was pretty perfect. Man, I was surprised to find out that Louisville has no set firework plan or event. It, there's no nothing that the city puts on. The Louisville Bats had something Thursday night, but that's not 4th of July. So it, it, I was disappointed in that sense, but... In my neighborhood, there was people setting off fireworks left and right, so you could you could kind of watch multiple shows at once. So it ended up being okay. The big highlight of my 4th of July weekend, Aaron, was I had a hot dog over the weekend at my girlfriend's house that was wrapped in bacon. And it was Whoa. the best hot dog I've ever had. I didn't know that you could do such a thing. I don't know what else you can wrap bacon around that would maybe make it unbelievable, but I'm starting to think maybe it's everything. But hot dogs covered in bacon are the way to go, Aaron. Maybe when we uh, record some podcasts with Brett, we can get him to make some of those. Yeah, either that or uh, better yet, I know how much you love the hot dogs at UK football games. Why don't you suggest wrapping those in bacon and then you're going to gain like 500 pounds this fall? Oh my! I, I would I would die if and for people 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 not listen. I'm glad you brought this up. People not listening. You every place you go, they serve the media some sort of sort of food, especially in the SEC and other major. Louisville does at major colleges. They serve media food, and at halftime, UK generally just brings out a ton of hot dogs. They serve something before the game at halftime. They just bring a ton of hot dogs and ice cream. And if it's cold, I think hot chocolate. And the thing is, Aaron, I don't really even like UK's hot dogs. I, I don't, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, I think they're boiled and they're just, they're, they're very average. They're the, they're the TJ Walker hot dogs, nothing special, but they kind of get you, they get you through the game. But and I've I've done some hot dog maybe or may not have done some hot dog eating contests during UK football games and some fourth quarter blowouts. But that's neither here nor there. But you're right. If they put bacon right. on those things, that would be unbelievable. Uh, while we're talking about it, Aaron, what's what's your favorite UK uh, basketball or football food that they have served to the media? Oh my gosh! Um, wow, I I I don't even know. I think my answer would have to be. Um, and there's kind of a cop out, I suppose, but so UK gives out little gift cards at Rupp Arena, which you can use at a, yeah, well, you can use at the concession stand. You take that, you buy the Papa John's, uh, cookie cake thing that they have. And that, that is just a pure delight. So I'm going to have to go with that. Who introduced you to that Papa John's cookie cake? Uh, uh the, uh, the hot dog of sports media, TJ Walker himself. <laughs> 
Woo! Yeah, that that was uh, yeah. UK basketball used to serve food to the media, but they could only serve for whatever reason. They they don't own Rupp Arena, so they could only serve Rupp Arena concession food. So media members were just like, we don't want these terrible soggy hamburgers <laughs> no disrespect to the food catering service of Rupp Arena but sometimes you wouldn't get the best hamburgers and it'd be the same thing every time so I guess it was two years ago uh, UK was just like we're going to give you food vouchers for anywhere in Rupp Arena good for whatever you want and, and you can get Papa John's uh, personal pan pizzas and now Papa John's uh, personal pan cookies which are just basically like a cookie cake that Aaron's talking about we had a good time Aaron and I sit. I, I, it's it's going to be hard not being able to sit next to you at these games next year, Aaron. Uh, mainly because we would just talk about food and and eat a bunch of popcorn and see how many Pepsi's I could I could end up drinking during the game. So it'll be a change of pace. But let's actually talk about other things away from food regarding UK. That was a nice <laughs> little three minute introduction into food and all that good stuff. But you made a post on House of Blue at CatsIllustrated.com. We're talking Aaron Smith of, of Cats Illustrated, of UK trying to kind of up the atmosphere at Commonwealth Stadiums and, and bring upon some traditions, which I, I talked about in the first segment. That I don't really feel you can make traditions. They have to kind of just happen. But, but kind of give me the gist of, of this BBN first release that they came out today of what Kentucky's exactly trying to do. I touched on it, but I didn't really uh, I didn't know all the facts of it. Yeah, it's just kind of the first phase that Mitch Barnhart is rolling out. He's launched this big program that essentially is just soliciting fan feedback on a bunch of different um, areas of the football game day atmosphere. And that can include parking and music selection. He said he's addressing that later. But first, he wants to just kind of try and create some of these traditions. And, you know, like you said, they acknowledge it's very difficult to just, you know, put something down on paper and have it light a spark, but they want to at least experiment with some. Uh, the one that UK Athletics announced as the uh, kind of tradition they're going to, or at least they're ser- most seriously considering right now, is moving my old Kentucky home to the break between the third and fourth quarters. So that will kind of be, you know, the song leading into the final 15 minutes where everyone is supposed to get rocking and rolling. I'm not a big fan of that. I just I don't think that song is really conducive to getting a good, loud, festive environment going. But maybe it would be. Maybe everybody loves the state song so much that you know everyone will be really energized afterward. I'm not sure, but you know that that's what UK wants to do is just get different ideas and suggestions for traditions, and that's the one they're kind of pinpointing as of right now. That's interesting that you bring that up, and and Aaron, I want to read a text that came into the show from from a loyal listener, Clay, he said, one tradition I think, and this is kind of interesting that he thought of that before you announced that's what UK really wants to consider doing. He said, one tradition that he would like to catch on is the team staying on the field after the game, win or lose, and heading over to the student sections and singing my old Kentucky home. Then after the game, he thinks that uh, the team staying on the field afterwards and doing this would help fans stay in the stands during the fourth quarter, even if UK were getting blown out, uh, hanging around. So it seems that uh, UK and fans like Clay, who go to virtually every football game, I imagine, my old Kentucky home is this big pond in this in this atmosphere, in this tradition. It's just how do you want to play that pond? Uh, what, what what do you like, Aaron? What would be your opinion? You're you you've been to Kentucky games as a fan before you started covering the team. Uh, just as a fan of football and enjoying atmospheres, enjoying large crowds, and you've now been able to go to other SEC stadiums and watch 
watch their traditions. Where would you want to see my old Kentucky home if this is such a big uh, moving point for fans and UK? You know, I I wouldn't mind seeing it at the end of games, similar to what we see at Rupp Arena after basketball games. And you see that uh, a similar thing happen at a lot of other college football stadiums, you know, where you get all the players around and they kind of sing some school-oriented or state-oriented song. I think that's nice that builds cohesiveness. I, I don't think it would help at all with keeping people through the end of the game. I think they're going to make that decision regardless. It might let people loiter a little bit after the final buzzer. Um, but I, I think that's like an appropriate place, you know, for a nice song that's kind of talking about state unity and all of that kind of thing. Um, as I said, I, I don't know if I totally am on board with it being before the fourth quarter, but I think before or after the game is perfectly fine. Yeah, I, I, you do see other teams do that. I know USC sings their fight song after the game, and uh, that that's a big moment. A lot of teams do do that. I, I think you know, I think I might be on board with Clay there. I think after the game would be uh, fun. I, I do think that you're setting yourself up for a lot of negativity between players and fans if you actually did make that a tradition and people did leave and you got some of the student sections that were left after the game that there have been the past two years. I think that would be kind of a risky move in that sense. But like I said, and like I've been saying, the best tradition Commonwealth Stadium can adapt is a winning tradition, Aaron Smith yeah. of, of catsillustrators.com. How are they doing? How do you think they're doing in that front and building a winner? And, and, and if that at the end of the day is all that's important, then why even mess with these little things like whether or not to yell cat C-A-T-S after kickoff versus yelling big, go big blue. Why do you think they're, they're messing with these little things if they feel that they're doing the right things and building a successful product, which with the recruiting success, you'd have to think that they are, but why these other little things? I, I honestly don't know. I mean, I, I don't think there's a huge importance attached to any of these uh, modifications that they might make. Um, but at the same time, I, I would compliment Mitch Barnhart for being open-minded and being proactive about seeking out suggestions. And that's, that's the core of this whole BB and first thing is that let's get the fans involved. Let's let them have their voices heard and see, you know, what are the minds in the athletic department might not have just thought of on their own. Um, so I, I definitely applaud him for that. I don't think any of them are going to make big substantial changes in the game day atmosphere um, because they're all just kind of slight tweaks in a way. And like you said, winning is what matters most. And to that end, Mark Stoops is doing everything that he probably could have possibly done through a year in terms of building uh, the recruiting classes, stockpiling the talent that he's going to need in years three, four, and five, which is going to kind of be the fulcrum around which the UK football program pivots. It's either going to take off at that juncture, I think, or it's going to kind of continue to slip into mediocrity. Um, so, you know, it's it comes down to winning and, and kind of growing that fan base organically, having people take interest. Um, and you even look at this the U.S. soccer team, you know, the I believe that we will win chant. That's, that wasn't awesome because it, it was forced upon anybody. It, it happened because that team and the program over 20 years grew and grew and grew until it reached – kind of a tipping point, and then everyone was ready to get on board, and that just happened to be kind of the the conduit through which fans expressed their excitement about that program. I think the same would have to happen for UK football. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, and, and I do think that that's ultimately how you build these traditions, you, you build this fan support and make this great atmosphere at Commonwealth Stadium, it, it is 
organically, like you said, and being, but you know, building a winner along with that, as you mentioned. And, and I think maybe they're just doing these small little traditions, some of changing the stuff, maybe just to to make it more appealing to some of those fans that were on the fence of coming to games. Uh, coming up uh, in this upcoming season and coming up next season, those ones that maybe aren't true Kentucky fans don't really go for the football, but go for the fun atmosphere, the family atmosphere. Maybe they're just doing some of these small little changes just to make it more appealing to them. Other than that, it's winning. Winning's going to put fans in the stands, and, and no matter where you sing my old Kentucky home, at the end of the day, that doesn't necessarily matter. But let's talk more about the team. Uh, we've got about a month until fall camp opens up, and we're going to be able to talk to players and do stories and all that fun stuff. Uh, what position are you looking at besides maybe the quarterback position? Are you looking at that you that you need to see improvements from UK? That you need to see a, a step in the right direction? That we can make a lot of how depleted the roster was when Joker left and, and what Stoops took over, but now they're rebuilding and now they need to start showing more improvement than they did last season. So where do you where do you want to see a, a step in the right direction? quarterback would be my number one because just, uh, you know, as the quarterback goes, the team goes. It's the engine, and Neil Brown makes no pretenses about that. Um, but I think behind that, I would say the secondary. We saw it get pretty much torched at will uh, last year throughout the season, um, and the fact that teams could just open up the pass game, allow them to open up the run game, and really just control everything uh, on when U.K. was trying to play defense. And I think, you know, the U.K. was thin at secondary. It got banged up throughout the year. It just didn't really have the horses to go. I think it does have that potential this year with um, Nate Willis, with Fred Pillar, with Jaleel Heitch, with A.J. Stamps, who the staff is raving about. So they have enough returning pieces and new pieces, um, I think, to be a competent unit in that back four. And if they can shore up that part of their defense, I think – the rest will not take care of itself, but it will certainly make it much easier on, uh, you know, the front seven, especially that linebacking core, um, to kind of do their job and, and manage things up front. Yeah, that's uh, that would be a position I'd point out. Another one I, I think would be the defensive line. You're losing Dante Rump. You're, lose, you're losing Mr. Cobble, who were obviously very experienced, and, and uh, the, uh, Kentucky football meant a lot to them. But talent-wise, I don't know if they get recruited by Mark Stoops. And uh, they didn't maybe pan out to the players that, that many fans, after, say, their sophomore season, wanted them to be. Not that they were bad, but they, they maybe weren't SEC quality good. Now you're bringing in some big bodies, and on the ends, you maybe have the, one of the more talented pair of defensive ends in the SEC, which is saying a lot, and, and Bud Dupree and Zadarius Smith. That's another position I think that they should move in the right direction. Despite losing two seniors, uh, I think you're going to have a more talented front line on the defensive side of the ball, which I think is exciting. Aaron, I know you're Aaron Smith, catsillustrated.com. I, I know you're a big basketball guy. You've been catching any summer leagues so far? Uh, I actually have not. I saw um, that Nerlens Noel went crazy in his first game. I saw that Shabazz Napier uh, played about exactly the opposite of how he played against Kentucky in his last college game uh, in his first summer league action. But, no, to be honest, I, I haven't. What am I missing, though? Should you fill me in on anything? No, it's just a lot of young guys that were stars in college. Uh, 
taking it to the next step. Uh, right now, it's the, the Pacers versus the Celtics. And Kelly Olenek, who went to Gonzaga, and a lot of comparisons have been made between him and former Kentucky player Kyle Wilcher. He's playing again, despite this being his second year in the league. Sometimes you see teams do that. Uh, there's some other... Uh, Kentucky, former Kentucky players that will, will go through summer league despite it not being their, their rookie season in the NBA. But Kelly Olenek is just so fun to watch. He, he's gotten to a point where he feels comfortable shooting from anywhere, and it's not a super pretty shot, but it goes in a lot, and he's playing right now. Besides that, uh, Nerland's Oil did look good, and I, and I watched the majority of that game, but I, was, I don't agree with this at all. So because he plays well, the Sixers gave him, I think, yesterday – the day off where he didn't have to play because they were so impressed with how he looked in that good game. Wouldn't you like to see a little consistency from your first round pick of, of two years ago of last year? <laughs> yeah, uh, certainly. Yeah. I mean, you need to show more than just a uh, one summer league game. Um, I, I don't know totally the reasons behind that. I don't know if it's precautionary since he, you know, is coming off the injury or what, but I wouldn't mind having that system in place for me. You know, if I, if I could have my boss be like, hey, you, you did a good job today. Well, just don't worry about it tomorrow. That, I think that'd be great. Um, that, you know, so if I was that, I'm not complaining. That's awesome. That would be great. If, if, if Brett were just like, hey, Aaron, TJ, you guys did – did a good work on this uh, on these couple stories the last few days. You all go ahead and take the the day off. Not not necessarily the case for us though. Marcus Smart looking really good for the Celtics. I think he has a chance to be a great guard. Aaron Smith, in your opinion, where does LeBron James end up? Oh man, um, the wind is blowing, and tea leaves seem to indicate that he's going to Cleveland. I I wouldn't mind seeing that. I think that'd be an awesome and really fun story, um, given the history. I also wouldn't mind him just uh, playing mercenary for a year and re-upping with Miami for uh, just one season and then kind of seeing how things uh, shake out that way. And then he can kind of roll along to anybody he chooses after that. Um, but really, I'm just – I'm kind of already ready for him to pick a place. I know that that's terrible of me and probably jaded sports media person of me, but I, I wouldn't mind him just going ahead and kind of settling on it um, without doing a whole – uh, a TV show uh, for that decision. See, I'm on the. I, I just kind of want him to do a TV show, just so everybody freaks out. And if he's not going to go to Cleveland, I want him to do a TV show and not pick Cleveland again. What do you think the city of Cleveland <laughs> would do if that were the case? Uh, I don't riots? know. What What else can they do? They already burnt jerseys and like kind of melted down. They had a citywide meltdown the first time. Yeah, they did. They certainly did. And uh, that's why if I'm LeBron James, I don't know if I go back there. But as always, Aaron Smith, I'll let you get out of here. You've got a busy Monday planned, I'm sure. So I appreciate you hopping on here uh, on 1450 The Sports Buzz, and and we'll talk to you soon, hopefully. All right. Thanks for having me. Uh, You've done a great job on the show today, so why don't you take tomorrow off? (laughs) <laughs> that wouldn't that be nice man that would be great again Aaron Smith one of the best young writers in the business and and uh, moving on to bigger and better things of law school because I guess he wants to make some money in this industry as always does a great job we're gonna head to our last commercial break we're on a little late show's going by fast today that's a good thing and that generally means at least from my perspective I'm doing a decent job hopefully you feel the same way so stick around here 1450 the sports buzz we'll be right back If you wanted to Do I want to know If this feeling flows both ways We're sort of hoping that you'd stay
listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker on 1450 The Sports Buzz. And we're back. One final segment. Yates, have you gotten around to, to watching The Leftovers yet? I have not. Not yet. So you haven't seen any of it? I haven't seen any of it. Not one second. Oh, man. I'm close to telling you to just not waste your time. I've sort of... I mean, I've I've sort of gotten to that point. I mean, I don't, I haven't seen much about it, so I don't. I'm not that intrigued. I, I'm gonna keep watching, and I I I've, I don't want to say I'm gonna have a set point where I'm gonna stop watching. I could end up watching this whole first season, but it's it 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 is kind of boring and, and stupid, and it's got potential, and that's the only thing it has going for it in terms of the storyline. So I kind of want to see what what ends up happening. But it's it's going about things the entire wrong way, uh, so a little disappointed in that. From from other TV standpoints, uh, my girlfriend has me watching Big Brother. I've I'd never watched that before. Uh, it, that's you watch that Yates? I do not know. I've okay, seen it's, like episodes of it years ago, but that's about the extent of my Big Brother watching. It, it kind of reminds me of a of a mix between. The real world and Survivor in terms of how they eliminate people, it's pretty much just like the real world, a PG real world, and they have to eliminate people by voting. It's I'm sure everybody else listening to the show has watched Big Brother. It's when nothing else is on in the summer. I, I'm I'm okay with watching it. It's it's been entertaining, but I wish there was more controversy and people kind of going at each other and arguing. But it's it's interesting. I, I think the idea of some of the shows being live are, are really weird to me. I don't really get how that works. And they've been doing this for over two weeks now. And they've only eliminated one person, which I think is kind of slow. But for me, never watching it, it's it's whatever. Uh, away from the TV side of things, I, I wanted to see. If, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit of left, the leftovers because it's the one of the only H, HBO shows going on right now besides True Blood. And I'm certainly not going to talk True Blood on the air, but. Oh, well, we'll save it for another day. This story with Josh Gordon is getting very interesting. Of course, the Browns' suspended receiver, who's uh, currently suspended because he might have to miss the entire year, got in a little trouble over the weekend, a suspicion of DWI in North Carolina. But now here's the interesting part, and, and I found this on Deadspin. As he was driving P.J. Hairston, the former UNC player, he was driving his car. And Hairston was drafted by the Charlotte Hornets. Driving his car, and Josh Gordon's bond was paid by Hayden Fats Thomas, who, if you remember him, he was the guy that made P.J. Harrison suspended at North Carolina for receiving impermissible benefits. Had to miss his entire junior year. Two cars, a rented house in, in, in Fats' name. I, I like just saying the word Fats. So he's driving his car. Josh Gordon is driving P.J. Harrison's car. Both these guys have been in trouble this weekend. And then... You have I, – I, I don't get the correlation between the two. I guess maybe they're friends. Josh Gordon didn't go to UNC. 
didn't grow up in North Carolina. And then you have Fats bailing him out of jail. So there's certainly a connection between all three of these people. And there's going to be a lot more coming to this story that we don't know about. And we can only hope that somehow it gets pinned back on UNC. Because that's that's all that UNC needs right now is more stuff coming their way. You know something's going, something's going to be tied back to UNC in, in this Josh Gordon deal. Somebody that didn't play at UNC, somebody that's not from North Carolina, getting in trouble with a, a former UNC guard who received improper benefits. I can't wait to see how this story unfolds. In the meantime, Josh Gordon's awesome. Get your act together. I talked about my fantasy football league that's a keeper. I don't have Josh Gordon. One of my friends does, and he was a surefire keeper. And now you have a chance to play with Johnny Manziel and have this exciting young offense that can help lead the Browns out of the out of the, the bottom of the AFC. So hopefully Josh Gordon, everything works out with him. With PJ Harrison who punched a high school kid this week during an MB- during a pickup game at the YMCA and charges were filed against him. I could care less about him. Got in trouble at UNC, took some improper benefits, got caught. Now he's punching kids, kids during high school or during pickup games. So whatever with him, but, Hopefully, hopefully Josh Gordon can can get it all figured out. Uh, driving on a suspicion of the DWI is never a, a good move. Clay B116 texts back into the show. Says, do I wish that Big Brother would stop being polite and start getting real? The famous real world quote. That's a good one, Clay. Thanks for listening, buddy. A little radio high five to you. Papa John's Cardinal Stadium was vandalized. A group of kids uh, on the night of 4th of July broke in, found a a gator, one of those little golf cart type of deals, rode it around the stadium and and vandalized. I I never got specifics of what was vandalized. But if you remember correctly, Papa John's Cardinal Stadium was penalized over the winter with some interesting drawings in the snow. So it hasn't hasn't been a banner year in terms of Papa John's Cardinal Stadium security. There have been a couple times when I was 12 or 13 and I'd go to a UofL football game with my parents and, and some of my friends. We, would t- we always tailgate after the games. If you waited long enough, you'd be able to go play football on the real field, which was cool back then. But maybe security at Papa John's needs to, needs to take it up a notch. We talked a lot about Commonwealth Stadium today, what they can do to make the atmosphere a little bit better. The simple answer is win. The not-so-simple answer is doing maybe a bunch of other little small things that the fans like. It seems when they play my old Kentucky home is going to be a a big move, but I I do like the idea of maybe playing it at the end. They play it at the end in basketball. Why not do it at the end in football? Have everybody sing. I'd like to see the basketball team stay out after the games. We didn't get to talk much about UK basketball. So I've heard some things from summer games. And guess what? I'm not putting stock into that because if you do, you're not very smart. Just a matter of fact, 
UK players are playing against each other in some of pickup games. Sometimes they're going to look good. Sometimes they're going to look bad. But I guarantee you, the person watching them is going to make. Uh, they're going to generalize. They're going to make just crazy uh, predictions just based on what they saw for 20, 20, 20 minute pickup games. So don't buy into that. But yet tomorrow we can talk about what we've heard. Sure, I mean, that's worth doing, and we can talk about what really probably will happen heading up into this upcoming basketball season but a lot of fun football talk anyways thanks for listening we'll be back same time tomorrow here on 1450 the sports buzz this is the sports soccer with tj walker talk to you then they say welcome to the 502 Take a Georgia boy and show him how Kentucky do Uncle Freak's classics, paint Kentucky blue They say don't forget 27, no be hitting two Song call it bluegrass, song call it purple I'ma call it home, take a shot of Tron Lay back in the lap and take